Well, today I want to spend some time talking about how to handle life's most annoying moments. Have you ever been annoyed by something? Let me see your hand. How many have been annoyed by something? All right, let me ask you a deeper question. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. How many have ever been annoyed by someone? Now, like, you should be like, I saw some gentleman just put his hand over his wife and say, never, ever been annoyed. Have you ever been annoyed by anything? Of course we all have. Everyone deals with annoying moments. You know, I got annoyed this week. Hard to believe, but I did. I got annoyed at McDonald's. Have you ever been through the drive-thru and well, I have my two little girls with me. We're coming to the office and they're in the back and what do you want to get? And they tell me their order. I want to get the big breakfast with the hotcakes. No problem. It's easy. It's McDonald's. We ordered a big breakfast with the hotcakes. I ordered my little, uh, what is it, the McMuffin with egg McMuffin, sausage and cheese, without cheese, whatever. And here I ordered that. No problem. The order comes in. I give it to the girls. They're in the back. Abby goes, Dad, they screwed up my order. Now I'm already en route back to the church. I'm like, what do you mean? They forgot the hotcakes. I'm like, are you kidding me? Forgot the hotcakes. And here's what I do. Don't worry. It'll be fine because I'm thinking in my mind, as long as they didn't screw up my order, we'll be all right. They can deal with it. Come on, moms and dads. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Don't look at me like that. Oh, So here I am. I literally will be fine. I get to the office. Give them their thing. I open up mine and they forgot the egg. How do you forget the egg in a sausage egg McMuffin? (laughs) Needless to say... I was a little annoyed. See, all of us can be put in situations unexpectedly that annoy us. Have you ever been annoyed by the person driving too close behind you? You know what my mother used to do? Slam on the brakes. She said, they'll learn their lesson. I'm saying, so will you. Like, why would you do that? Why would you slam on the brakes? But that annoyed her. How about going on a date maybe when you were in college with the person who eats with their mouth open? Not very romantic. Or the spouse that still does it. Right? Does that annoy anybody else besides me? It annoys me. I think God made you a mouth to talk, not to show me what you're eating. So just... Pretty easy. How about stepping in dog poo? Anybody ever been annoyed by that? You can't get rid of that smell no matter how much you wash your shoes. That smell is with you the rest of the day. That's why I get upset when I see people walking their dogs without their plastic bags. Because I know they're going to leave the gift their dog leaves. How about that time the telemarketer called you? You know, ring, ring. Nobody uses their home phone, so if someone's calling you at home, you know it's got to be a telemarketer. They call at home, phone, hello? No response. The second hello is the trick. You say hello, and you hear click. Hi, Mr. Bishop. Once I hear that, I go, it ain't click. And I hang up, annoyed by telemarketers. I used to be one. How about people talking too loud on their cell phones in small spaces? Anybody get annoyed by that? And we drive the train. Hey, what's happening? I'm gonna be... It's 6.30 in the morning. No one should be that perky. And yet they're talking so loud. Or this one really gets me. 
This is a personal pet peeve of mine. When someone, I won't say who in my house, forgets to take their tissues out of their pocket when their pants go into the laundry, and somehow miraculously that one tissue, once placed in a dryer, becomes 50,000 fragments of tissue paper. Doesn't annoy anybody else, just me? You don't do the laundry if it doesn't annoy you. Or cashiers who put their change on top of the receipt. That bothers me. Why? Because it would be so much easier if it was the change and then the receipt because I could easily take the receipt in one hand, put the cash, slide it in my pocket. Instead, I've got to crumple everything to hold it. Am I talking to anybody today? Anybody ever felt annoyed by anything? I mean, look at somebody and just say, the struggle is real. Life is filled with annoying events and moments. Can I get a witness on that one? It seems like every situation is a setup for someone to be annoyed. How about, have you ever been annoyed by this where you send your spouse or your child to the store? You give them one thing they have to get. They come back with everything but the one thing you wanted them to get. I got distracted by the, that's me. Or how about the boss who yells at you when he thinks you did wrong, but it was actually a coworker that screwed it up. Or, happened to me this week, when you take your dead cell phone and you plug it in and you come back in an hour, only to find out one of your children has unplugged your phone and plugged their phone in in its place. Annoying moments. The struggle is. Let's try that again just to wake you up. The struggle is. And this is crazy. So crazy that I'm going to take a picture of this right now. Because there is a huge fly right now on my iPad. And I don't want to miss out on this moment and forget this. Can I say the struggle is real? Now, I I don't know if there's any animal rights lovers here, but I'm just going. Y'all saw him, right? That was like a Boeing 747. Thank God that's all it was. So all of us get annoyed. Isn't God funny that he puts something that annoys me right there to say, now go preach on it. So today's sermon is not how to deal with annoying moments. Today's sermon is now what happens when a fly lands on your iPad while preaching. (laughs) My prayer today, and it's a simple one, is that we would as a church stop freaking out about small things. Because it's those small things so often that affect our lives. Listen to what Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, world, said in the Bible. He said, catch the foxes for us, because it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. It's the little things. He understood that it's the small things in life that could keep you from your divine destiny with God. And all of us have to master the art of dealing with the small things in life. It's the small things that can destroy relationships or businesses, families, and even churches if 
left alone. Notice what Solomon said. Catch the foxes. In other words, don't just sit there and ignore the issues. Address the issues. The longer we leave small things unaccounted for or unattended, they eventually become something incredibly big. Keep alert. Solomon was saying, keep your eyes open and be aware of what annoys you. Figure out what annoys you in life and catch it before it catches you. Let me ask you again. Have you ever been annoyed by someone or something? The struggle is real. Here's why we got to stop freaking out about the small things. Because how we handle the little things will determine how we handle the big things. If we cannot handle someone driving slow in front of us on the parkway, how are we going to handle it when we're sitting in the doctor's office and he tells us we've got a terminal illness? If we can't handle the small inconveniences of life, how will we be able to address the larger things that happen in our life? Small things are preparing you for dealing with the larger things in life. That's why we've got to learn to master them. See, if we get frustrated by all the small things in life, we will have a hard time dealing with the larger, bigger, more deep issues that we can face. I read this Wednesday, tornadoes and hurricanes get more coverage, but in reality, termites do more damage. Per capita, termites cost more. Small things left unattended. See, so often we have a difficult time with larger issues because we haven't dealt with the little foxes, the smaller issues of life. Dealing with the everyday, ordinary, annoying moments is not something that should frustrate us. We should understand it is preparing us for the larger things we may face in life. Can we talk a little bit about disappointment? Anybody ever been disappointed? Things didn't go your way? Here's what I've learned about disappointment. Disappointment is the root of irritation. You are irritated more when you're more disappointed. Think about it. You don't get the job you wanted. What happens? Next thing you go home and you're like, what's wrong? I don't want to talk about it. Why? What happened? You were disappointed. And that disappointment led to an irritable moment in our lives. I didn't get what I wanted. That person wronged me. My prayers were not answered by God. No one ever listens to me. Disappointment in life always starts with the small things. But if you can't handle the small things, you will never be able to handle it when life does not turn out the way you hope for. I think most of us in life, we get to a place where we recognize not everything's going to go according to Todd's plan, but I know it will always go according to God's plan. And if I could trust in God's plan for my life, whether my plans work out or not, I should not be frustrated. I should celebrate God's taking me somewhere. So I've got to be able to follow his plan and his purpose. Here's what I know. Irritation leads to aggravation. Aggravation leads to frustration. Frustration leads to devastation, and devastation leads to personal assassination. Let me break this down for you. Irritation, those small things, get you aggravated so much, it ruins your entire day. 
I'm not talking to that church today, though. Because none of us get irritated by anything. Have you ever had one of those moments where something happens to you at 7 in the morning and then the rest of your day? The world hates me. No one loves me. You get aggravated. And that aggravation turns into frustration because it should have been done this way. This should have taken place. And now you're devastated by the end of the day because now a week passes and you're still feeling the emotion, the pain of that original irritation because you never dealt with it. And if you never deal with it, then what happens? You have a personal assassination on your destiny, your dreams, and your goals all because you did not deal with the original irritation. You ever had a scratch? Next thing you know, you start with one itch and you're scratching your whole body. By the end of it, you see that your skin is irritated. What do you begin? Oh my gosh, I'm having an allergic reaction to something. You begin to freak out. You run to the doctor's office. The doctor says, there's nothing wrong, but I have an itch. And he's like, exactly. But if we don't deal with the original irritation... It goes through this process till we assassinate the dreams, hopes, joys, goals, and freedoms of our life. And it all started with something small. Solomon said it. It's the small foxes that will ruin the vineyards. It's the little things that affect us. It's the small things that distract us. Come on, church. The struggle is real. I believe the enemy loves to use the little things to get us off course. Because he knows he couldn't throw this huge thing in your path because you're ready for those. But most of us in the church world are ready for the big things, but we're not really prepared for the small things. Distractions. We all experience frustration, problems, and difficulty. No one is immune to struggle, but the enemy loves to use the little things to get us upset. He loves to use the little things to get us angry. He loves to use those little things to get us living, frustrated. And that's why we've got to keep our eyes on God's plan and purpose for our life. You see, you could go through life complaining about all the little things you've gone through. Or you could go through life celebrating all the big things God's brought you through. The choice is really yours. For me, I want to celebrate the big things. Anybody else, church unleashed? I want to celebrate the good things that God is doing in my life and for my life. I don't want to go through life complaining about every little thing that did not go my way. I want to celebrate that it may not have gone my way, but it is always always going God's way for my life. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said, forgetting the past, And look forward to what lies ahead. I press on. You know what gives people the capacity to deal with the little things? Is the desire and drive to handle those small things and press on. You're all going to have frustration. I'm going to have frustration. Each one of us are going to face the small things in life. But you must push through the small distractions. Because the enemy wants to throw those little things in your life to trip you up. It's the small agitations that become the largest irritations. Someone doesn't say hi to you. Irritated. You're praying to God when you're at the mall and it's pouring rain. God, open up a close parking spot. And you got to park 
in section Z, because nothing's close, you get irritated. God doesn't really care where you park, to be honest. The movie you wanted to see, sold out. Struggle is real, man. What we've got to deal with, most Americans get upset about things people in third world countries never even have to deal with. Movie sold out? What's a movie? Cell phone, no service. I don't have a cell phone. You hear what I'm saying, church? We're getting upset and frustrated about things that in life are insignificant. And yet much of the world, I can't believe I don't get to wear these shoes or we get these clothes. Just, you know what? Most people don't have what we have. How many pairs of shoes you got? How many pants you got? How many shirts you got? How big's your house? What do you have? Do you have running water? Most of the world does not have running water. Think about this. That's why we're paying for wells in Africa still. Because they need the help of Americans to come and partner with them. But we're so busy complaining about what we got that they're saying, I don't even know what it is to have that. You you hear this, church? So small things. Those small issues that deal, we deal with, those smaller things, when left untreated, will always become something larger. Remember, Solomon says the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. Understand what the vineyard represents. The vineyard to those individuals represented their income, their livelihood, their life. He was saying, if we don't deal with a small fox, it will ruin our lives. Friend, if you can't deal with the small things, it will ruin your goals, your hopes, your joys, your dreams, and your destiny. It all starts, I got to be able to handle the small things. Got to be able to work through those small issues because the more you can handle in the smaller issues that the enemy is throwing at you, the greater chance you will overcome the larger attacks he gives to you. But it's not only things that annoy us. People. Have you ever felt more frustrated by people than things? We are more frustrated by people than things. Why? Because people matter more. People matter more. We get that. We get that life's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. You're going to get annoyed by me. I'm going to get annoyed by you. But have you ever really dealt with an annoying person? Aggressive know-it-alls. Do I need to even explain that anymore? How about this? How about passive herders? I don't mean to hurt you, but I just felt like I had to say this. That's more hurtful. I'd rather just have you say, you're a jerk. Thank you. Then, hey, I want to say this in a loving way. Just say it. Don't be a passive herder or an aggressive know-it-all or a bad breath gabber. Does that not annoy anybody else but me? When you're literally sitting here having this conversation and you're like, could you not have brushed your teeth today? How about a breath mint? Would you like a piece of gum? Does that not annoy anybody else? Or a personal space robber? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I'd be doing a lot better if you weren't three inches from my face right now. Does that not bother anybody else? Right? It, it, we could get annoyed by people so often, but once again, the struggle's real. These are still small issues. 
These are still small things. Have you ever asked yourself, though, this question? Why do people annoy me? Why do they annoy me? Why does this person, oh, they're getting in my personal space. It's a bigger issue than that. See, here's what I believe, and this was really convicting to me. I get annoyed by people more when I don't love them enough. I thought we'd get a mm and a wow and a nothing else. People will annoy us when our love levels are low. Your coworker that bothers you, why do they annoy you? Because you don't really care. But when your family does things that annoy you, it doesn't really bother me, to be honest. Why? I have a love tolerance for my family. Is this making sense? There's a deeper love commitment I have with them, so it's not as annoying. But that person I don't really care about, it almost annoys me more because I don't love them enough for it not to annoy me. Because love does not allow for irritability. So really, I, when I'm annoyed by someone, it simply says I don't love them enough. Why? Because scripture says love is not irritable. Anybody else feel a little convicted today? You should. Because we're annoyed because we really truly don't love. That's why sometimes we get annoyed by people that stand up for certain things that we don't agree with. It's because we don't have a relationship, so it, they're just annoying. Why would they do this? Why would they picket this? Why would they protest this? Well, get to know some people, and you will begin to love them and understand their irritations. Hello? Problem is, we're so busy criticizing from a distance when God has called us to love up close. We can easily play armchair quarterback on Mondays, but how we live in, Every other day of our life. Very easy to tell someone what their pain ought to be. Instead of getting close to them and say, dude, I actually understand your pain now. You catching this today? It really comes down to love. The truth is, if someone is annoying me, I must pray a very bold prayer. God, help me love them more. Can somebody say, ouch? Because most of our prayers with annoying people is what? Are what? Lord, change them. Lord, fix them. Come on, husbands, wives, you know what I'm talking about. Lord, help my spouse. Just help her understand. Lord, help my husband. Lord, just change him. You know what? That's getting into God's business. God's in the change business. We're simply into the love business. I mean, he loves too. I'm not saying that. But his job is to change people. Our job is to really love people. Scripture tells us love is not irritable. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me. I, I, scripture knew. Remember who wrote this? Paul. You know what his version of love was? He came to reach people. They stoned him. They beat him. They lied about him. They manipulated him. They threw him in prison. He says, I'm not going to be irritated. See, if you want to reflect Jesus, love people more. Jesus, in his most painful situation, on the cross, 
What does he say about the people that hurt him the deepest? Father, forgive them. He didn't say, Lord, help these mess-ups. God, get me off the cross. He literally said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Only someone with true love can make that declaration while they're being crucified. So us, man, we got to work on our love issue, don't we? Because a lot of times our irritation comes back to our relationship and our love for one another. Bible, the Bible declares this. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it's his glory to overlook an offense. What do you do when you're offended? You probably do what I do. You attack back. What's your first inclination when you're threatened? Oh, moms, come on. I know. Sports field. Your son gets hit, foul on your kid. Oh, the devil comes out of us on that moment. Right? And literally, we're in that. But it is good sense to be slow to anger. In other words, it's the smarter thing to do. It's the wiser thing to do. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. What does that mean? That simply means the less you get offended, the more favor is given in your life. Why are some of us still struggling today? Because we're living offended instead of living free. And when we live free from offense or irritability, there is this sweet presence of God that comes over us and opens doors to greater things in our life. Here's my advice with annoying people. Number one, love them more. Number two, look through their attacks to their personal anguish. Because I learned this lesson many years ago, hurting people hurt people. If someone is hurting you, it's more likely that they're hurting on the inside. And when we love people, we're going to look past what they do and to why they do it. But so often we literally are like, I don't care why they did it. They just did it. Friend, Jesus didn't care why you sinned. He just cared. He was the answer to your sins. He died on the cross for you and for me so that we can live opposite. So what he did now, he did that so we could be a mere image and reflection of what he did we can do for other people. One more verse. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. We all have nasty people in our lives. Can I get a witness? Stay calm. Ask for God's grace. Give compassion and offer forgiveness freely. It's so much of a better way to live with annoying people and annoying things. And that's why I have to understand last that God uses everything for your good. Everything for your good. Those annoying people? Yes! Those annoying circumstances? Yes, listen to this promise. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. How many love that verse? Come on now. That's three people and a couple of hands. 
I love that verse. Here's the problem. That verse is not for people who don't know Jesus. So often we'll go through and we'll have conversations with friends that don't have a relationship. Hey, God's going to cause it to work for good. That's not who that verse is written to. Because you've got to read the rest of the verse to get the whole story. It says that all things work together for the good to those who love God. So if you love Jesus in the house today, God will work it out for your good. Those annoying situations, those difficult situations, those annoying people, those difficult people. God will always work it out. But first, you got to love God. Anybody love Jesus in the house today? First, that's the first step. Now, the second part of this verse says, and they're called according to their purpose. So you will not have everything work out by God in your life if you don't have two things. One, a love for God. You got that, right, church? Number two, you got to be living out your purpose. I think sometimes we're asking God, why is this not going my way? Why am I not experiencing this? Because you're not living out your purpose. You love God, but you're living annoyed because you hate your job. You don't like the decisions you made. You feel like God has left you high and dry, and yet you're still saying, here's that fly again. (laughs) Can we talk about distractions? Didn't like the word, did you, today? (laughs) Causes everything to work for good. Those who love God and are living out their purpose. I think most Christians today live miserable, not because they don't love God, but they've settled. They've settled. Find a purpose that's bigger than yourself. Run after it with everything you've got, and you'll never, ever be miserable in your life. The word work together comes from the original Greek word, cernigio. Meaning to help you become. To help you become. So think of it this way. The small things you are facing in life are helping you become what God designed you to be. The people that are testing your patience are helping you become what God designed you to be. The sickness you are dealing with is helping you become. The broken relationship you are struggling to recover is helping you become. The financial difficulty you are experiencing is helping you become. If you love Jesus, and I know you do, God will use everything for your good. He'll cause it somehow to work for good. Hear this today, church. God is never mad at you. He is mad about you. He is not angry at you or upset with you. He loves you. Stay in faith because God will use your difficulty, your problems, the people in your life you don't like for your good. Small things, big things, annoying things. God will use petty people, angry people, and annoying people. God God will use everything to cause us to become what he's designed us to be. Every relationship, every pain to develop our character. Don't get frustrated. God's going to use it for your good. Don't get overwhelmed. Trust that God has a plan and a purpose. Because how you handle the little things will determine how you manage the major things. Never forget the enemy loves to use the little things. 
the little foxes to distract you. The little flies that land on your iPad during a message. He will use to try and distract you. And often he uses people. Not saying you're the flies. You're the people. But that's why we've got to understand that no matter what we go through, small things and big things, God uses everything for your good. I wish I could tell you I understand how he does that all the time. I don't. But I could tell you this. On Friday night, we had a young man in our youth meeting. Two years ago, diagnosed with kidney cancer. Today, living cancer-free, right? He comes into our youth underground movement on Friday night. And what does he do? Starts a relationship with Jesus. Wow. We could get all bent out of shape for how teenagers act and what they go through, what they experience. We get, I don't know why they do what they do. But God causes everything to work for good. Every situation. I don't know why Tyler experienced that in his life. But I do know this. Tyler has a relationship with Jesus He's guaranteed one thing in this life. He will have an eternal residence in heaven. His God loves him. His God is with him. His God is for him. He now has that assurance every single day of his life. God causes everything to work for good. What do you need God to cause to work for your good? Would you close your eyes as we pray this morning?